This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, and I'm here with Reverend Bill Marcioni. And you, and you got a new notebook. So I got a new notebook. You're taking this seriously. I'm totally committed. <laughs> <laughs> Once I get that notebook, it's a, it's a wrap. Okay. So, and, and what are we talking about today? The answer to the prayer is in the prayer. And let me tell you why I want you to talk about this. Okay. I found Science of Mind book by Ernest Holmes a hundred years ago. Okay, so I'm reading this thing and I ran across that line, the answer to the prayers in the prayer. And I'm trying to figure out what the heck does this mean? So I, it, it sounds beautiful. It really does. But it didn't click because I was laying it juxtaposed to all of the prayer structures that I understood in the traditional church. And there's all kind of formulas, but whatever. They're basically all the same thing. You know, you're asking and you, you're you're asking and hoping and all of that business. And you could take time to structure it however you want to structure it. It's still the same. You're still asking and hoping for an answer. So I couldn't see how asking is the answer in the prayer. It, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it gotcha. wasn't it wasn't going. Yeah. So if you're asking and the answer might be no, then the answer may or may not be in the prayer. Exactly. And the other thing is, you know, in traditional church, you are always leaving the door open. And probably, you know, depending on where you are, it could be 90% open or 10% open for God to come up with something different. So how could the answer to your prayer be in the prayer if there is a possibility that God will come and change the whole thing. So there's not a whole lot of faith, you know, that you can have in that. It's just like a whole lot of hope. Right. Okay. You know, you got and it. maybe and roll the dice kind of stuff. Yeah. And this comes into uh, the way that we phrase it is your new life begins with a new thought. And uh, Ernest Holmes said, change your thinking, change your life. And Jesus said, as you believe, so it shall be done unto you. He didn't say, as you believe, so it might be done unto you if an external power decides that that's okay. It is about our faith and belief. And what we're doing is we're opening up a channel. And in our prayer, we're opening up a channel through which the good can flow. And the less we pray for specifics, the more effective we will be. And what I mean by that is if I want to have, oh, let's go with a loving relationship. 
I can open myself up to a wonderful, delightful, loving relationship. And if I narrow it down to, I want to have a loving relationship with that person over there starting this Saturday night at eight o'clock, then I'm putting some tremendous limitations on how that loving relationship can show up in my life. Now, I don't want to be completely broad-based. I do know people who said they want to have more love in their life, and they thought they were talking about dating, and they wound up with a puppy. <laughs> and they definitely have more love in their life, but they say, this isn't what I had in mind. Another friend of mine wanted to be in a serious relationship, wanted to be in a serious, committed relationship. She was divorced and had a kid and really was yearning to get back into, in, into having that deep, full connection with somebody. And we were in Science of Mind classes together. We were learning these prayer techniques, and she set the intention for having that wonderful, deep, loving, committed, delightful relationship. And it showed up. And as she said afterward, knock me over with a feather to think I'm a lesbian. Because she was thinking it was going to be with a man, and it turned out to be with Diane, and they have been together for 20 years and married for a good portion of those. And it is one of those fabulous stories where they're perfect together, but it's such a bigger story than she had in mind. Yeah, yeah. So then you said that you, you don't want to be specific. I now, specifically when people are saying that they want a relationship, I ask them if they want a same-sex relationship an opposite sex relationship, or if they don't care. And some people don't care. And, you know, with <laughs> one person. So you, you actually ask them that? Oh, yeah. I tell them the story about Kate and Diane. So, yeah. So what I'm thinking, what I'm hearing is it's about being open. You know, being specific or nonspecific is one way of saying it, but being open to every possibility. And there are some possibilities that we don't really want to be open to, and it goes beyond our, you know, our particular belief, and that's okay. But the more we can focus on how we want to feel and the, the, the tone and the texture of the life experience we want to be having, and the less focused on the details we can be, the more likely it is that we're going to get a, an experience that we're looking for out of the prayer that we're doing. Hmm. And that itself, when you talk about going for the feeling, what we want to feel, that's a bit of a shift also, because we don't focus on feeling. We, you know, we, we live in our heads, some of us, and we are, that's what is um, acceptable, you know, and respectable. You think this, but you don't go with your feelings. You, you know what I mean? Right. You pray for what you should pray for? Yes. You should all over yourself. You should all of yourself. That Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't help. You say these phrases, you know, and I go to use them, and I thought, <laughs> I'm going to check with him to see if it's cool. But, yeah. You, oh, so, you're, making, you're making the assumption that I made them up. Well, I don't, you know, if you say you didn't make them up, that's fine. But I think you should always check with somebody to they might have authored it and you say is it cool if i use this if not i'll give you credit you know yeah, and, and and thank you and yeah. you know you can feel free to say yeah my my teacher reverend bill says don't shoot on yourself yeah well you know i have a lot of times when i say my teacher reverend bill says okay <laughs> everybody wants to know who this teacher reverend bill is well so now we, i can point them to the podcast <laughs> 
<laughs> yep. We have a series of promotional postcards that we, you know, pithy little sayings that we came up with a few years ago. And one of my favorites is the one that says, you've got questions, we've got questions too. I like that. <laughs> I like that. But, okay, so go back to when you were saying that you will ask the person if you're interested in same sex or open to anything else, heterosexual, mm -hmm. homosexual relationship. And I looked, you know, when you said that, I said, do you really ask them that? But that's so important, right, to, to clarify. Uh, yeah, and I, I read the room a little bit before I ask that question, because usually we're sitting there, and we're, we're doing the intake before we do a prayer together, and they're talking about the relationship they want to have. And so I'll say, am I correct in assuming that you want that relationship to be with a man? And sometimes, I'll go, oh, yes, of course. And sometimes I'll be a little bit uh, a little bit more edgy in the way that I ask the question, because it's a fun question. Yeah. You know, because if somebody is thinking that they're looking for a heterosexual relationship and then you ask that question, you're actually doubling the possibilities <laughs> of the people who are out there to have that relationship with. Right. So there are two right. different ways to look at it. And it's for me, it's just fun. For me, it's just fun. And there, one of uh, one of our members had been in a relationship, been married once, a couple of kids, was in a relationship that had some tension, but had some good parts to it. And she and I started working together on uh, her perfect relationship. And she was completely open. Mm. I mean, she, she'd had straight uh, and lesbian relationships. She was completely open, however that has, has happened. And she and her wife have been married for five years now and very happy. Well, in, in the tradition from which I have come, that was always a no-no. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I couldn't figure out why it was a no-no. Like people do what they feel like they need to do. It's cool. So, of course, I couldn't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's an example of how somebody shoulds on themselves. Yeah, yeah. I should be in a relationship with a man. I should be in a relationship with a woman. Uh, so. Listen, I don't care what kind of relationship you're in. As long as if it makes you happy, then that's fine. If I can help you find happy and make that work, even better. Yep. If it's loving and consensual, then who am I to say? See, that's why I like New Thought. No, rewind. That's why I love New Thought. Because it's like you give God space to be God. You let God out of this box. You know, we keep God in a box and he has to, you have to do this. I don't, God is not going to be confined in any box. And, but once you make that step to say, I will allow God to be God, I will allow myself to know God, a God that is limitless and infinite in all ways even in God's thinking. Now, you got to stand there for a minute and understand what you're really saying, but that is so freeing. Mm -hmm. In one of the earlier episodes, you talked about when you used to go clubbing and you would leave God outside the club. Yeah. And I completely understand why you would do that, because if it's a judgmental God, you're doing some stuff that you really don't want to be on the record and be judged right. for. Right, right. Okay. You know, we get home and I'd have a conversation with God about it, but, you know, because you got to get that forgiveness thing in there just in case God <laughs> knew what was going on. <laughs> just in case. Oh, yep. And the approach that we have with it is that God is not just going to be there with you. God is going to be there as the activity. God is sharing itself as all of its creation. 
that includes all of the stuff that we are, all of the activities that we're involved in, regardless of how uh, we or society label them. You know, and if it's if it's possible, it's okay with God. And it, that opens up a conversation for something else. I know we'll go into, but seeing God in everything, and that is so amazing. It's it's just incredible because, you know, in the traditional church. And I don't want to get away from the subject, but, you know, this is your fault. You started going down this way, so I'm coming with you. Um, I should stay on topic? Yes. Watch out. <laughs> when when I was really young, you know, we were we had the hymn book, and you could only sing certain hymns, you know. And, and they were nice and meaningful, but once you get a certain age, you know, a little bit, you need something else. So around that time, gospel music was being introduced into the church, which the church said was the devil's music. Right. And I questioned that immediately, because if God is, can't you, God can't be confined to playing music one way. You know, we live in a big world. And even though I lived in a small world where there was only um, church music, gospel music, and jazz, that's all you ever heard. You know, those are only <laughs> genres that you knew. And then maybe classical. Well, God wasn't in any of that. He was only in the hymn book. And what in the world kind of God do you have? You know, you're in big trouble if that's the only way God can speak to you through music is in the hymn book. And so when you start questioning, you know, it gets bigger and bigger. Yep. And, and better and better. Well, let's take a quick break and uh, come back and talk about the notion of putting up a sign that says, God not welcome here, which is what you're going to do if God is only in the hymnal and you're going to do other music when you're yeah. not in church. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's good. Get inspiration in an instant. God calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of God's love is shining right now as you. It's your God call. With Reverend Bill. Start your two-week free trial today, and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Reverend Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun. Let your light shine. You can answer the call to listen to it live or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just $5.95 a month. The details are at godcall.org. God calls are disruptive, intentionally. Whenever you write something, put on a gold star. They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time. Magic is loose in the world. It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now at GodCall.org. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence and here with Reverend Bill Marcioni. And the conversation has been amazing. <laughs> it's the notion of, you started out with the, the answer to the prayer is in the prayer. And we've been on just a 
the torturous path uh, where we got down to the notion in some religions that there are places where we're engaging with the divine, where we're engaging with God, and there are other places where we say God's not welcome, like when we go into the club or when we play the devil's music, mm-hmm. which, by the way, is fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of places in the traditional way of living, Christianity, where God is not welcome. And it's a way of life. You don't even question it until you stumble upon things. I read a book by Watchman Nee many, many years ago called uh, Practical Christian Living. And so I was so excited, you know, I took it to church and I was talking about that. And that was like, no, this is, there's no practical Christian living. It's just this kind of living. And so I tucked the book away and I said, well, I'll read this on my own time. But um, God is not allowed to express God's self in any way that God wants. It can only be this way. And how limiting is that? You know, we are all created differently. Our personalities are different. Our inclinations and our likes and dislikes are different. So how can there just be one way that God expresses? Yeah. And I think what that means is that it's not a judgmental God. It's judgmental people who are telling us how we have to engage with God. Yeah. Because for whatever reason they're claiming, this is not okay with God, so you shouldn't do it. From my experience, that tends to be the people who are sitting in the front of the room telling the people in the rest of the room what they should be doing. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, it's about controlling the room, of course. And unfortunately, I think some people do that and don't really even know why they do it. You know, you just repeat what you've heard. You regurgitate what you've heard. And it is to the detriment of the listeners, those who are... I think so. And I I definitely don't want to get into bashing anybody else. People are involved in the process that they're involved in. I mean, you spent a whole bunch of time in traditional religion before you found this. And whatever springboard you had that got you to where you are now is good. So rather than talk about the torturous path that somebody might have gotten to before they got to this episode of the podcast, let's talk about what happens next. Because... Everything that happens in our lives is okay with God. There's not a part that's roped off and we're going to do our God stuff on Sunday morning and then the rest of the time we're just going to, we're free to be evil and we're going to ask for forgiveness and then everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. The infinite is there with us all the time because, and this gets back to the the, the original question. The reason the answer to the prayer is in the prayer is because all there is is God. I always like taking this back to the creation story. In the beginning, there was darkness and void and God. That's all there was. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And where did the light come from? Well, all there was was God. So that's where the light came from. And then God created a whole bunch of other stuff. And where'd that come from? Well, there was only God. So it had to either come from God or from the light or from something else that was created. And that is the process by which everything in existence has been unfolding either for the last 6,000 years, or if you realize that it's a metaphor for the Big Bang. In the beginning, there was a singularity, and it just let there be light, and that was the bang. And 
that energy started having its own nuclear reactions to form elements and to form matter and to spread itself out. And then eventually that started forming itself as planets and then as life and then as people and then as uh, Walmart stores. I mean, <laughs> everything can trace its lineage back to the one. So we cannot arbitrarily say this is God and that's not because it's we're all, it's all the same. It's all the same. Now, I have a different perspective. I believe that I feel differently about my life than a rock feels about its life based on my understanding. Say more. Okay, well, the, the rock and I both came from the same source. We can both trace our lineage back to the infinite. So it's not like I'm more divine than the rock is. Now, the rock is going to be around a lot longer than I am. So it's not like I have the best end of the deal here. Different experiences that we're having. Now, if I'm going to be judgmental and say that being a living, thinking being is better than being a rock, then there's some less than, more than. Or I can look at it and say, these are just different ways that the infinite is expressing itself. And oh, by the way, when I'm paving my driveway... Some rock's going to be helpful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that there's some rock there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, that's, that's digging all the way deep, which I like to do, you know, to, to see how it works. How yeah. God can be in everything. If there is essentially very little difference between us and inanimate objects, and it's just levels of energy and, and awareness and intelligence, then isn't it obvious that the nuance, that that divine presence is in everything, including all of what we're doing, the stuff that we are proud of and the stuff that we uh, feel bad about, uh, the stuff that we don't want anybody to know about, the things that we try to hide behind closed doors where you're going to lock God out of the room? Interesting that you should say that because that's the part that I'm pausing you know, that is an expression of God, right? The stuff that you would not think is good and not even being judgmental. Like there's some things that's just not good. Mm -hmm. So how can that be an expression of God? It's the person who's defining what's good or not good. There are certain things that I think are not good. I think genocide is not good. I think that abuse, mental physical, sexual, child abuse is, I don't like it. I have a thing against it. And it's one of those path that we're on things where there was a lot less fighting and there were a lot fewer wars in the world after World War II than there had been in all the years leading up to World War II. So you could look at World War II and say, that was bad. That was horrible. But that was also a turning point because we realized that we'd gotten to the point where we can wreck everything. So as a population, we started backing off of that and having less in the way of wars. So World War II, good news, bad news, who can tell? Okay. World War II is a good example, but you expressed some other things prior to that that are not, I don't think, so easy to explain away. They're not okay with me. 
in the society that we're in, in a world where people can be motivated to do things to harm or abuse other people or children, I think it's really important that the rest of us say no and put a stop to it and put a stigma on it and put people in jail mm -hmm. to separate them from society to protect the rest of us. Because we can, as we're working together cooperatively, determine the sort of world we're going to live in. Agreed. It's not, God's not going to decide what kind of a world we're going to live in. God says, here, it's your world. Have a nice time. It's like borrowing the car from dad. And, you know, dad tells you, take care of yourself, drive safely, be back at whatever time it's going to be doesn't necessarily tell you everywhere that you're going to go or all the things that you're going to do that you're going to have fun with. It's basically, you have the keys, you have the wheel, you can now go do what you're going to do. And then it becomes your judgment about what it is that you're going to do. Crash it into a tree right down the block. That's probably not what you had in mind and also not what dad was hoping for. But dad let go of that when he gave you the keys. So, okay, I get it that it's you doing this but it isn't an expression of god you know evil isn't an expression of god or god expressing god's self through evil uh evil is just a huge judgment what we like to say in new thought is that there that it's all love everything that exists is love because that's what god is god is love unfolding that that sharing of self that came from creation, that is love. So everything is love. And sometimes it doesn't look like it. Sometimes things look like they are evil. Sometimes things look like they're bad or uncomfortable or unwieldy or scary. And the fear is when we are not able to see the love in the situation. I sometimes describe it as the light. When we're looking for the light and we're seeing the darkness, there's something blocking it. The shades are closed. There's soot on the, on the glass. We are standing with our back to the light, and all we can see is the shadow. The light didn't go away. The circumstances and the situations are making us not able to see the light at that time, and it is then our job, our opportunity, and in fact, if we wanted to change our responsibility to get ourselves out of the way, to put ourselves in a position where we're letting the light shine. Because we can, we can tell. We can tell? We can tell. When, when you put a label on evil, you know what it is. And you're willing to take a stand and say, eh, no, not on my watch. Right. I am not going to condone that. I'm not going along with that. That is not okay with me. Mm -hmm. And when we pivot, so I'm seeing this circumstance going on with people who are abusing children, and I pivot, what's the experience I want to have instead? Mm -hmm. I want that to be love and respect and harmony and openness. And Whatever it is that's leading to th that abuse happening, it's okay with me for that to go away through whatever mechanism and, and channel that that happens. And it's going to go away to be replaced more fully with love and respect. So I'm seeing two avenues or two energies at work here. You know, I can control what I think and feel in my own assessment of, of something and how I want it to be, that's, that's me. And I get that. And I am responsible to me to make sure that I am correct, for the back, lack of a better term, 
But what I'm seeing on the other side, I'm not seeing that as God. You know, I'm not seeing that as an expression of God. I can see myself and say that how would or how does God express God's self in this situation toward this situation, which goes to the practical prayer. Mm -hmm. And maybe if you can make that connection to the practical prayer, then it'll bring this into full circle. Okay. I will. You sometimes hear me talking about the second act. You know, in a three-act drama, the first act, you basically introduce the characters. The second act is where the problem comes along. Everything starts going to hell. Everybody's going to die. There's going to be... It's awful. Oh, and the bad guys show up, and they're going to ruin everything. And in the third act, there's a resolution where the people who you got to like in the first act find a way to overcome whatever showed up in the second act and get to resolution. And that's a classic movie. Mm-hmm. Or, or or play or whatever it happens to be. All right. So from a personal experience standpoint, the second act sucks. But the second act is what sets up the resolution in the third act. So as we're going through all of the stuff that we're that we're claiming is not godlike, basically that's the stuff in the second act. That's God showing up as Darth Vader, because only by understanding the depth of the story and transcending it can we understand who we are in relationship to Darth Vader, blow up the Death Star, and, and save the princess. Got it. Okay. In the third act. So claiming that God's not in the second act because we prefer the third act and we really like the people from the first act is, is discounting the value of the process. Yeah. Yes. But that is huge. I, I followed you every step, you know, while you were saying that and situations were <laughs> situations were pouring into my head and even conversations that I've had with other people. It's amazing what you can think in a matter of a few moments. But I get it. I get it. But that's really big. You know, and it takes some time, I think. Yeah. Well, God is really big. And if we are, if, if God's in a box, it's not that God is in a box, it's that we have a box and we're not thinking outside of that and allowing God to be as big as God actually is. So it's a, when Ernest Holmes said, change your thinking, change your life, it's that thinking. God is not that limited. God mm-hmm. is everything, everyone, everywhere. And it is possible for that goodness to be showing up even out of this crappy second act. Mm-hmm. Again, that's big, you know, you got it. We, there needs to be a course on that too. When we get okay. these in these interesting conversations, you know, I'm thinking that needs to be a course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there's so many things that are, and and my mind is going in like 16 different directions uh, as well about you know where we can take this next. But let's take a break, and we'll come back and do a prayer for clarity and wisdom and insight about how our prayer works. Good. We'll be back. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. 
Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com. back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, and here with Reverend Bill Marcioni. We're going to um, have a prayer. We're going to do a prayer. Okay, and you, clarity. Yeah, where, the... where you started this episode is the answer to the prayer is in the prayer. And there's been a lot of discussion about where God is and where God is not. So the prayer is going to be on that perspective on opening ourselves up to that infinite power and presence that is in everything, the things that we like and the things that we don't like, so that we can be in harmony with setting our intentions. We can basically open ourselves up to allow that infinite power to flow in a way that brings more good into our lives. Okay. And when I say good, it's not good with a capital G like it's the good that God wants. The good in our lives is whatever it is that each of us finds to be good. And that's life-affirming and positive and uplifting. Uh, things like prosperity, a lot of people find to be good. Things like robbing banks, people generally find to not be good. And you know the difference. And if there's somebody who's listening, <laughs> there's somebody who's listening to this prayer who can think, ah, now I'm going get to get away with a really great heist. I think they've probably missed the point. But it applies just as well to, to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Only you would think about that. <laughs> You'd catch that one. The answer to the prayer is in the prayer. So let's go ahead and take this into prayer. Let's go ahead and turn away from the details in the world around us. If it's safe to do so, go ahead and close your eyes or go to a soft focus or otherwise let loose the attachment to the evidence showing up in the physical universe around us so that we can turn our attention to the divine, to that infinite power, that creative source that creates everything. As described, it's God. In the beginning, there was darkness and void and God. And God said, let there be, and there is. That divine intention was activating a creative law that responded. It said, yes. God said, let there be light. The law responded, and there was light. God says, let there be, and the law responds, and there is. And everything that exists everywhere is that divine power and presence and intelligence and substance of God shared in its own specific way. It's the same story in the Big Bang. It is all the one being shared in different ways, unfolding, evolving, whatever words we want to use. Everything that exists is that divine presence expressed in its own unique way. And as sentient, intelligent beings, each one of us has the ability to use that infinite intelligence to access 
that divine creative power to activate that law that always says yes by setting a positive and powerful affirmative intention. Let there be good. Let there be good and more good and more good for each of us and for all of us in ways that we describe as good, in ways that are life-affirming and supportive and bring more love and more joy and more harmony and more peace and more sweetness and more richness and more prosperity, more health and vitality, more depth of relationship, more creativity, more rich and comfortable sharing, more deepening of spiritual consciousness into each of our lives. Good and more good and more good unfolding for each one of us and for all of us. The answer to the prayer is in the prayer. The intention of the prayer is for good unfolding for each of us. I set that intention, knowing that there is nothing that stands in the way of it. There is no force of evil. There is no way that the darkness can possibly block the light. There is something that can block the light that brings on an experience of darkness, but the darkness itself has no power. So in the instance that any of us is feeling a lack or absence of the good that we're seeking, that we feel that there is darkness, we open ourselves to the awareness of whatever that obstruction might be. What is getting in the way of this good showing up in my life? And taking whatever steps are available to clean off the lens, to remove the obstruction, to turn towards the light, to do our part to engage in this process to allow the love to flow, for the light to shine, for the good to unfold. We are involved in this co-creative process. The steps are ours to take. The intention is even more important. The intention is ours to make. The intention for good and more good, as we understand and experience it, unfolding in the lives of each one within the sound of my voice. And with this intention for good, I speak this word into the same creative law that has been saying yes since the beginning of time. The same law that responded when the infinite said, let there be light, is responding to this now. Let there be good. And the law only has one answer. It says yes. It says yes, and that's why the answer to the prayer is in the prayer, because the answer is yes. And with gratitude for this understanding for this good that's already unfolding for the ability to activate this creative law with gratitude for all of this i speak this word i release it into that law and i let it be and i know without question doubt or hesitation that this is so and so it is so it is that was beautiful thank you i felt like i was continuing the teaching in the middle of the prayer <laughs> I got news. That does happen. <laughs> but it is so cool with me, you know. <laughs> I, I wanted to stop at one point and make notes on <laughs> something you were saying. And I thought, Lawrence, don't do that. You can get the, rec when the recording comes, you'll get it. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. B-The-Light.com. Be
www.practicalprayer.com. Where you can find more information about Practical Prayer for Real Results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at newthoughtphilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.